Hello and welcome, all Fantasy Gods West owners and anyone listening across the league, across the, the United States, hey, across the world. Today is a good day. It is Thursday, September 8th. It is football day. Football is back. The first NFL game kicks off tonight. And I've got a special guest on the BBM podcast. Uh, excited to be able to bring him on and dive through everything about matchups, talk about trades. Um, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jake. Glad to be here and couldn't be more excited for football being on later today. So exciting day for uh, everybody across the league before too many hopes and dreams get shattered. So looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, as of right now, we're all in it. We all have a shot. So it's an exciting day. Um Mike, I want to start the podcast off, and this is uh, this is giving you uh, a chance at an open forum here. Uh, last week's podcast, based off of everybody's rankings, you came in dead last um, and securely at that. I think it was uh, about two and a half slots uh, secure of that, uh, based off of everyone's rankings. Now, keep this in mind, I had you ranked higher than anybody else. Um, but that being said, I wanted to give you an open forum to potentially respond to your league mates who have you solidly locked in last place. You know, I, I appreciate the forum. My usual judge of assessing a team is take away the, the team name or the owner associated and look at the talent and give it a fair ranking. And I got to be honest, if I would have looked at my team immediately after the draft and removed my team's name from it, I would have voted my team last too. So can't promote any hate to anybody across the league for that but moving forward we're gonna let the uh, teams speak on sunday and hopefully thursday and saturday and monday occasionally as well but uh no totally understand it and looking forward to proving the haters wrong there you go well uh, that's uh that's what the whole season's about right um and, and i guess it's a it's a perfect parlay for us to basically start talking about transactions, trades, things that might have gone on since draft day. Again, we look at your team from draft day, quite different than it is today. Um, let's let's open up that can a little bit and dive a little bit deeper. You made a, a lot of trades, uh, and probably, aside from Tony, one of the most active when it comes to changing your roster from the day that you drafted your team. Um, care to give us a, a recap of what those trades look like, and maybe we can talk about them in a little more detail. Yeah, definitely. So I'll try to fly through at least some of the more notable trades since the draft has occurred. And I've put together like a, a quick rating, obviously super subjective of what I thought of the <laughs> trade where it was for my team. But starting off with uh, sending originally Debo plus Dallas Goddard, Mark Ingram, a fourth and a seventh to Tony. Yep. And receiving first round pick, a second round pick, Carson Wentz, Drake London, and Dalton Schultz. So overall, I think that was like one of the, the better early trades for my team. I was able to get some draft equity back. I was able to secure a, a young receiver, mm -hmm. a tight end, a, a serviceable quarterback, all for Debo and some later picks. So I gave myself an 8.1 on that. Decent trade, but kind of is what it is. Appreciate Tony's trade partnership, as always. Um, second trade is probably the most notable, at least from my end in the offseason, sending Tom Brady, Mac Jones, and two first to Josh or basically Herbert with nothing else. Drop players in the last round picks. Um, For sure. so I, obviously, it's it's tough to give up a carryover player and two first for the same position, but to get a chance to get one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, 
at least have a cornerstone guy on my team while the rest of my equity and, and team is potentially garbage. I'll at least have somebody I can watch on Sundays. I think it's going to be an exciting team. I think it's going to be an exciting division. Um, and I always feel like I could liquidate him if I needed to and just get some of the draft picks back for Herbert, barring some crazy injury or some shitty situation. So I gave myself a 9.3 on this one. Josh is going to hate to hear it. It's only right that Herbert makes it full circle to my team after I picked him up like six hours before Tyrod's. <laughs> Rainer punctured his lung favorably. Yeah. Um, that was a, a good trade. Some other ones in between. My worst trade of the offseason, I think, was sending T. Higgins and Zach Ertz. Well, excuse me. Acquiring T. Higgins and right. Zach Ertz. A second, a third, and Schultz. Yeah. Tough. So that's, that's a lot. I give up a better tight end. I give up a second and third for a, a decent receiver. Of course, T. Higgins is going to be solid, but gave myself a 1.7 out of 10 of that. Just shitty trade ownership, just poor management, and just <laughs> in the moment trying to squeeze out like a, a respectable starting lineup across all positions and didn't do a very good job of that one. Yeah, so, I mean, it's that's tough because like um, I see where you're coming from because Dalton Schultz, when you look at like Dallas, like somebody has to catch the ball other than CeeDee Lamb. Um like targets have to have to be distributed. And uh, when you look at like his touchdowns from last year, it's fair to say that Dalton Schultz is going to have a very good year. I, I project him to be in the top five tight ends this year. Um, giving up the second and third, I think hurts probably the most. You look at that trade. Otherwise, like T Higgins and Zach Ertz, you could probably figure out a way to swallow that. But uh, yeah, the, the second and third is makes it tough. Yeah, the second and third, like, in, in retrospect, even if I were to have those picks today and T. Higgins were to be available, like, I, I still think that's an overpay for T. Higgins while wow. down. So, didn't love that one. There's a really cool clip I've sent to a few guys in the league is of uh, Dak Prescott in the sideline of a preseason game watching kind of Kyle Pitts ball out for Atlanta. And looking yeah, to I saw like, that. See that guy as an athlete? And you could see, like, how much it hurt Dalton Schultz to hear, like, him rave about another guy that plays the same position as him. So totally, I don't. I, I saw that clip and immediately it was like Dalton Schultz is going to be sick this year. Like he's, <laughs> he's a tight end one every single week. So I've tried so many times to get him from Tony in a trade recently, but I'm a big believer. So don't love that trade for myself. A couple other quick ones. I gave up T Higgins in a future first for Debo. Got out the T Higgins trade. Probably another overpay, but necessary for improving the team this year. Um, Six point five out of ten. Miles Sanders in a sixth for a fourth. Um, not my most exciting trade, but I couldn't start Miles Sanders with any confidence this year and was able to at least get my earliest draft pick now for 2023 back on the table. Um, so all things considered, 4.6 4. out of 10. Uh, Debo and Kenneth Gainwell for Michael Carter and Keenan Allen. So this is my last trade this offseason. Um and what it does for me is it improves my receiver, in my opinion. Um, you can make the argument Debo versus sure. Keenan Allen, probably the better player. But with my team being a little bit suboptimal of rankings each week or projections, I need that hookup potential where if Herbert and Keenan Allen can connect for two touchdowns and Herbert throws for four, that gives me enough boomer bust to have a chance to, to be competitive in any week. Now, if they have a shitty game or they're running the ball heavy and, and they don't connect, it's going to make my upside pretty limited each week. But I felt like it was a necessary move. Um, Debo, who knows? If he's Debo last year, it's probably a bad trade for me. 
if Debo's taking some some extra wear and tear and maybe they're spreading the ball out a little bit more with Lance, could be a favorable trade for me, so time will tell on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always hard because I don't know what we're going to get from Debo in 2022. Debo 2021 certainly um, was a freak because of what how he was utilized. I just don't see him being utilized in the same way on, with Trey Lance as they did previously. So, like, my thought there is that um, – and, and by the way, if you take away Cooper Cup's phenomenal season, Debo's season finished over the past – if you average out kind of the last five years of who was the best wide receiver, Debo was in that category. He was somewhere 10 to 15 points away from literally the best season number one wide receiver the chances of him repeating at that level, just like the chances of Cooper Cup repeating at his level, are very, very small. So I'm buying the dip on Debo as well. Um, And I like for your team that you basically stacked Keenan Allen um, with with Herbert. I mean, it's exactly what I did on a lower scale with Russ and and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I mean, I I think Debo might get – less volume this year but more explosive plays because there'll be more attention on Trey Lance and you can kind sure. of spread the field a bit more so time will tell but I think one one thing that Tony and I always joke about is as we make these trades across so many different teams and so many different months is what is the net sum of all these trades that my team has gone through in the offseason so you guys can be the jury but I would say giving up Brady from from what I ended on the draft day yeah giving Tom Brady, Debo Samuels, Mac Jones, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Goddard. So pretty much a starter at every position. <laughs> a first, a second, a third, a sixth, and a 2024 first. So two firsts, a second, a third, and a sixth. And I got back Herbert, Keenan Allen, Michael Carter, Zach Ertz, Drake London, Carson Wentz, and a fourth. So if you look at it, it's a it's a lot to give up, no doubt. I'm giving up Brady Debo yeah. two for second, and I'm basically getting back Herbert, Keenan Allen, Michael Carter to fourth with a couple of plug and filler guys because my was bad. So again, time will tell, but right now the net of all parts is not looking so favorable on my side. <laughs> yeah, but like you're you're obviously shifting your chips into the AFC West, which I've listened to a lot of podcasts and everybody's basically said you buy on the AFC West. Like the defenses, although the Chargers defense is, is got some scary pass rushers across the board, none of them are super scary. A lot of these over-under games are like 50 to 55 uh, over-unders, which is the highest that we've seen really in a like, consistent inter-division matchups. So I think that um, you're going to see a lot of shootouts, which is good when you've got players in that division. And I think that the Chargers are not the team with Stokely. The coaching position is not going to just sit back and run the ball. Right. I think Herbert's going to be in a lot of close games with the Chiefs, with the Broncos, with the Raiders, et cetera. So I, I don't know. I'm excited to watch them play. Yep. It's going to be weird to, to root for the Chargers so active this year. I have so much Charger representation across <laughs> all my but excited to watch them play. Hey, I'm in the same boat with the Broncos. Uh, so it uh, kills me a little bit, but we take it in stride. All right, well, let's um, let's change pace here. And I want to dive into this week's matchups. Uh, we've got five matchups, obviously, uh, on, on deck. And love to kind of open up and get your thoughts on the matchup. 
um, maybe get a little prediction on what you think. Uh, I'll chime in where, when and where necessary. But let's go ahead and start off uh, with our first matchup of the week. Hater Nation defending Fantasy Gods West champion who takes on the Mambas, who I believe was defending playoff champion. Obviously, we've gotten rid of playoffs, but very interesting off the bat, kind of like this uh, L.A. Rams, Bills, both high-powered teams, both teams that have uh, been super successful uh, last year. What do we think? Yeah, they're both good. I I looked at the team. I wanted to poke as much fun at Josh as I could, Um, but his team is pretty solid, so I I tried to these teams and say how do the quarterbacks cross from there, how do the receivers, running backs, tight ends, etc. And I think that Tony's going to absolutely hate me for this, but I really do think with Brady playing Sunday Night Football in Dallas this week, Tua playing with something to prove, he knows how bearish I am on both Kyler and Jalen Hurts this year. Obviously, it's it's virtually a wash. Um, if anything, you could make the argument that Tony's guy have a higher ceiling and a lower floor, and Josh's are probably safer on either side, but I'd give a slight edge to Josh's quarterbacks here. Um, there's too much uncertainty and, and too much to be seen with both Kyler and without DeAndre and Jalen Hurts this year. I think that they're they're probably going to hit close to their rankings, but I don't know. Quarterbacks across the board are close to this one. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I think that my question mark isn't as much Kyler just because he got his fat deal. And like if we get the Kyler for the first eight weeks of last year, this is heavy favored for jo- uh, for um, for Tony. My biggest question is Jalen Hurts. Like I, I'm still not on the train, and I know Tony is like the literally the captain of the train. Um, he or what? What do they call the? Um, what is it? Conductor. The conductor. He's a conductor. Dude's driving the Jalen Hurts train straight out of Philly. Um, and and uh, hey, you know that's that's awesome, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. Uh, but like. For me, I'm just not a believer yet, and as much as I always want to bet against Tom Brady, like history has proven that you just don't do that. Um, which is which is interesting because, like in this, I see them pretty close to a wash, kind of like you do. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like teams early on allowed Kyler to kind of scramble well anywhere yep. and everywhere. Recently, like they're forcing him to run inside, they're containing the edge so well. They open up still that kind of outside stretch gap, but I don't think he's going to get as many big play rushing opportunities as he's had the last couple of years. So if he can stay in the pocket and make some big throws, which he's more than capable, of course, he's got Hollywood Brown there. Time will tell again, but I don't know. Looking at the receivers, also there's a lot to like on both sides. Yeah, Josh, Devonte, Tyreek, Thielen, Robert Woods is a fourth against. AJ Brown with the hookup, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, and then I think what the edge goes to is Tony with DJ Moore as receiver four. I think both teams have really solid pieces on both sides, but the depth that Tony has is going to be hard to match with allowing one or two guys to maybe have a down week and still hitting his receiver projections. Interesting. Um, from my perspective, so like obviously it's really interesting in this matchup because you have Adams number one versus AJ Brown number one in their respective teams. Tyreek number one, Mike Evans number one. And then you have Thielen, number two, T. Higgins, number two. And then you have Robert Woods, number one, and DJ Moore, number one. So, like, across the board, where these people are starting is pretty similar. Um, I'm actually going to lean with Josh's wide receivers more on the fact that I think that the Raider-Charger game is going to be a shootout. Um, I think that, like you said, Tua's got something to prove. And there's going – like, I would bet money at some point there will be a deep shot to Tyreek Hill 
I don't know if he's going to catch it, but it's going to happen. Um, and I have this like sneaky feeling. I'm not a big Alan, Adam Thielen fan in any way, but like Adam Thielen has the talent and like everybody now knows Justin Jefferson is the dude. And yeah. it's been proven when you have such an elite wide receiver one that that wide receiver two often soars with it. And, and you can make the exact same argument for D Higgins and Jamar Chase. So I'm not necessarily saying that that's a, a, a slam dunk there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to actually lean on Josh's side for the wide receivers. Yeah, it's pretty balanced. So I, I can see how you can make an argument for either side. But running backs also pretty interesting. Another balance is basically Josh with the NFC South and Fournette and Kamara, and then Tony with Javante and, and Akers. I think both have huge upside, and both teams have relatively low floors, so not a lot to nitpick here. But I don't know. I, I think that. It's going to be tough. I, I think that both are in good situations, but slight edge to the NFC South and the more consistent history of Fournette and Kamara just kind of yeah. being the guy situation. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. All right. So um, what do we think? Uh, projections right now have Josh coming in at 168, uh, Tony at 171. Who wins? I said too close to call. I, I don't love Tony's quarterback situation, so I'm going to give a slight edge to Josh and say by two points, but in probably the highest scoring output of the week between these two. I'm going Josh by three as well. So Tony's going to love this podcast. Um, yeah, I've, I've got uh, I've got Josh in a slight edge just because of the unknown for me for, for Jalen Hurts. But they also play Detroit, so, I mean, that could come back to bite me real quick. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a fun one. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next matchup, which is uh, Bon Jovi playing Mizrachi. Mizrachi or Mizrachi? I always mispronounce that. Mizrachi. Mizrachi. All right. So we've got uh, we've got Blake and Hayden. Uh, projections have these guys within a point and a half. One sixty three for Bon Jovi. One sixty two for Mizrachi. Um, what do we think? Yeah. Again, I think this is going to be quite. An interesting quarterback matchup. I think Hayden feels comfortable and happy with his quarterbacks, having both Rodgers and Lance as high upside QB1s. And then looking across at Blake's, probably the best quarterback room in the league. Yeah. Josh Allen, almost nothing you can put fault on either side of that. So Josh Allen playing on Thursday night against another good football team is about as exciting as it gets to start the season. So I, I don't know. Blake's quarterbacks are elite, but Hayden's are solid. So slight edge to Blake, but nothing to hate on the other side. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm pretty sure that Josh Allen's going to throw three touchdowns to Stephon Diggs on Thursday night. So like, it's pretty much a slam dunk for me that um, that Blake's quarterbacks take the cake in this one for me. Yeah. So next, if going to his receivers, if Gabe <laughs> can catch one of those touchdowns from Josh Allen, that's huge for Blake. And for if sure. How Gabe Davis has a, a down day, then. Who knows? Obviously, Blake has quite the depth, but I still like Hayden with C.D. Lamb as much as anybody on, on Blake's team. Obviously, I'm a big Devo fan as a four-time winner this offseason, but <laughs> I, I just think that C.D. is really the guy and the only guy in Dallas right now, so he's going to get every look that he wants. Um, but overall, i got to give a slight overall edge to Blake's receivers. Um, yeah, just, I mean, the interesting thing for me is um, – you have like like CD just hasn't like and I was really excited to have him on my team. Um, didn't love trading him away, but the offer was was kind of too good for me to pass. So 
Um, I don't love it because you're right. Like he's the only guy that's going to catch balls aside from Schultz. Like he is the dude, but he also just hasn't proven that he can be the dude yet. Even with Amari Cooper there, like it's not proven. Debo Samuel has proven he is the dude. And so like when you go proof of her pudding, I'm going to take Debo over CD. And to proof of her pudding, I'm going to take, uh, you know, McLaurin over Devonte Smith, uh, proof over pudding, you know, the IU and Gabe Davis. I don't know. IU, if you remember, was horrible for half the season last year, like non existent waivers. No one picked him up. Terrible. I, I'm such a, a IU just non believer because his inconsistency is just off the chart. So, yeah, I don't know. This might be the game where he comes out and he has three touchdowns. So, maybe Devonte Smith, I think he has a decent opportunity, but yeah. Kyle Pitt, and Waller is is kind of an interesting one too Ooh, because yeah. Pitts is, and especially Drake London is sketchy or going to miss week one. Like Pitts is probably the only guy they're throwing balls to. So yeah. Waller be healthy. He's going to be in a good situation with kind of Devonte opening up the field. So I'm not sure. I, I think leading into the next part, which is Blake's zero running back strategy. Yes. For a zero running back strategy to have two starters is is. Solid. I mean, he has Miles Sanders and Gainwell on his bench. He has Pollard on his bench. He's got some high upside opportunities, but I don't know. The fact to start a rookie as high as ever he's been on Pierce this offseason, I just don't – I don't have enough confidence to roll him out week one. I'd, I'd way rather roll out a, either Sanders or Gainwell or Tony Pollard or anybody else. I just think he's liable to get you six points week one. Yeah, I mean, Houston sucks. They're like yeah. literally garbage. So – Yes, he might be the bell cow that gets 20, 25 carries, but like when they're for a yard, negative two yards, three yards, and like they're not moving the ball, I mean, I I think that Indy's going to whip them pretty good. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that like the, the, everything is in Blake's favor until you get to the running backs and all of a sudden that ball rolls back in, in, into more favorable territory. Um, me personally, I I still have Blake by five in this one, but I think that um, it's heavily dependent upon these four running backs. Like, do we have a a Saquon Barkley return? Like, I think everybody would love to see it for the sport, but like, I don't know if we're gonna get that proven. And uh, and and Hayden needs that to happen. Yeah, two things. One, Saquon miraculously recovered from that torn hamstring in a matter of 20 minutes, which is just incredible. just want to say <laughs> shout-out to Giants medical staff and Kevin's really yep. off the record reporting, so great work there. Pierce, <laughs> um, and I know I'm raving or, or really harping on him right now, but in a game script, script perspective, like if for some reason Indy gets up early and they're not going to be running the ball heavy, this could be – terrible so i think blake's number for his running backs he has to hit his 20 combined points if he can do that he's pretty safe i have blake by 15 still here just because of his quarterback strength all right so we're both rolling with blake and uh, we both had had josh we're in agreement so far um i just have a feeling there's probably a game down the road that we're going to disagree on here <laughs> i gotta get through it yeah. yeah all right moving on to the the next one um this is an interesting matchup i think it's going to be um closer than points but it's it's certainly um there's a lot to talk about we've got the good guys robert who again reminding had three first round picks going against another guy who had three first round picks and that's chad um and chad's team is oh so scary what uh what do you think about this matchup here 
All I know is I've been reading a lot of regression articles about Chad's team recently, and I think that Burrow is going to have a down year. I read that uh, Swift is just set up for a terrible year ahead. So I don't know. I think Chad's team's off to a, a rough start before the season's even started. Um, he's going to have an uphill battle, but let's take a little bit closer look at the, the skill position players. So Chad rolling out quarterbacks of Lamar and Burrow, a couple AFC North guys versus Dak and Jared Goff. I got to say, um, Lamar without a long-term deal. I, I hear he's representing himself. No yep. agent. Yep. One of the few guys so, in, in all of major sports that does that. I, I got a ton of respect for people that do that. I always feel like if, if and when I go to court one day, I'm going to represent myself. So I, I love to hear it from Lamar's perspective. But I, I just don't think that you can really go out and play the way that you want to play confidently without the security of a long-term deal. Maybe he's He's sensitized to that. He just goes out there and plays the way he does. But I just think he's going to have to play a little bit more cautious to start the season. I, do you think that, or am I overthinking it? Yeah, it's always hard to say. I mean, um, uh, the you, you you look at a guy like – I'm going to give you a, an exact opposite com, uh, uh, comment here, and that's going to be the Ezekiel Elliott. He went out, got his bag – and it just has fallen off. Like he's nowhere near he was pre-getting his money. Um, I'm going to give you uh, another example. Kenny Galladay. By the way, did you know Kenny Galladay signed a $75 million deal? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that. But $75 million, three years. Like it, it's just – it's wild that he's getting paid that. And he's maybe the wide receiver too there. Like he he's literally awful. So – um, I just I just say that to say that like I don't necessarily believe that just getting your bag makes you all of a sudden play better. Some and, and I I'm a firm believer that like Lamar has been told he can't his whole life. He's always had uh, haters and doubters. Um, I'm not necessarily a Lamar believer. That's not what I'm saying here. But I, I'm I'm also not buying that just because he doesn't get his deal done, which he has to lo- have locked in by Friday tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to get done in that time frame. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And I think that Lamar is probably one of the few that just goes out and plays the way he does anyways. But I don't know. Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm a believer in. I have some stock in him across other leagues. So I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I just got to say, for, for Robert having as many first-round picks and being as responsible of an owner as he is, to come into the season with Jared Goff in your starting lineup is just grossly concerning to me. Yeah, I know. It's um, it's not great. And, and Robert had a few reaches. And now I think that Brees Hall 2023 is going to be dope. Um, I've got my giant question marks on Brees Hall 2022. Um, but yeah, like the fact that uh, that Goff is QB2, is, it's hard. It's very hard. I agree. I'm, I'm calling Robert's bluff that he's not starting. Brees Hall week one. Yeah. I, I just, there's just no way that you can roll Brees Hall on the road week one against the Ravens. Uncertain if he's even sharing snaps. Like, right. There's just no way. But, I, I but I'm just yeah. going to poke the bear here. Like, alternatively, like, who does he like go with Bateman probably in that spot? Edge Lamar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been reading a lot of good things about Tony as well um, out of New York. Um, and like I said, I just totally bagged on Kenny G. But um, I, I I think that they're kind of polar opposite players and um, could be uh, an interesting play as well. But 
yeah, I don't, I don't know the the Brees Hall, but you also it's very interesting because you basically have two rookies in the uh, the flex spot for these guys because ETN didn't play all last year coming off the, his injury, um, which makes it really interesting in kind of that flex matchup. Um, but both are totally unproven. Totally. And I want to make one clarifying comment. Um, I know that I'm throwing a lot of shade at a lot of teams while I'm starting Tyler Higby and, and Michael Carter aside of Naheem Hines, but we'll get to that later. So Yeah, we'll break that down later. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about these wide receivers real quick. So on, on Robert's side, you've got uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who I love, Mike Williams, and uh, Hollywood Brown. And then over on uh, Chad's side, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Allen Robinson. What are we looking for? So it's interesting. Like, if you throw all these guys in the draft and you say, where did they go? Jamar Chase goes first 10 times out of 10. So yep. Chad has the best receiver in the group. But probably, in my opinion at least, Pittman and Williams go second and third in most drafts. So I would say that Robert has the next best two. Then you're picking between Robinson and, and Hollywood. Um, so there's a lot to like, but then if you loop in the tight ends, the difference between Mark Andrews and Hawkinson, in my opinion, is fairly significant. I'm not as high on Andrews as everybody else might be, but Same. he's still a top three tight end this year. So of the receiving core, I would say that I'm giving the slight advantage to Robert, even though Chad has the best player. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, I think Alan Robinson is going to have a baller year. I have him actually in a few of my other leagues, um, so I've got some stock in him there, but uh, with with Hop out for the first six week, like Hollywood Brown is gonna be the main target there. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, he's gonna spread the ball around. Keenan's gonna get his love, but I think Mike Williams is set for a pretty boom year. And then I love the Pittman uh, pick. Honestly, like I was trying to figure out a way to get him on my team, and Robert's just not gonna let him go. So um, I think that Pittman is in a different world with having not Carson Wentz throwing to him and all of a sudden now having like, I don't know, like a potential hall of famer and Matty ice. Like um, I, I, I think that I'm, I'm buying the upside on Pittman. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pittman for the year? Yeah, I think it's realistic to consider that he's probably going to get 95 plus catches. What do you think? If 95 is no runner, you think he's capable of that as like an elite receiver one, or you think he's one tier? <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm buying that. I think that he'll, I, I see him just with the amount of targets and the, um, the power that he's got at quarterback. I'll take the over on the 95. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I can see it too. So obviously it's dependent on that Ryan staying healthy throughout the For season. Sure. All things considered, I think that Pittman's going to be in for a good year. So yeah, I, I don't know. A lot to like with Robert's team. A lot to dislike on Chad's team, mostly in ownership. But I got to give this one early on to uh, Robert by about 19, 20 points week one. The good guys by 20. I love the bold prediction. Hot take first week taking down the overall perennial ranking number one, the dictator himself. Uh, Can't do it. I'm going 10 points in the favor of the dictator. Robert's going to keep it a lot closer than the 18-point projection spread that uh, Yahoo's got. But um, I'm in on Chad this one. This makes us our uh, our first break, Mike. Yeah, well, more to come most likely. More to come most likely. All right, let's go into a a battle of the brother-in-laws, the Rough Riders and the Hit Parade. Uh, what are you looking for in this matchup between these guys? 
You know, this one's interesting. Let me pull it up on my computer. But I think that quarterback Kevin has a slight edge, but the fact that Fields is starting kind of negates how good that Stafford is. So I really think that Fields is so volatile against a good defense. I, I don't know what to expect there. Obviously, if, if Kevin believes in Justin Jefferson as an elite receiver like he is, somebody's got to throw him the ball, and that somebody is Ryan the looks like new man crush as he's got his uh, picture updated. Ugh. So Awful. Yeah, I mean, I think when I look at this, for me, I see the two different strategies. I see, like, Kevin's quarterbacks, lower floor, higher ceiling. Ryan's quarterbacks, higher floor, lower ceiling. My own opinion, but that's how I see that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing against Green Bay. Here's my little tidbit about this. Kirk Cousins never plays well against Green Bay. So, um, one, I don't like that matchup. I love the Matty Ice Houston. I already talked about that when we talked about Damian Pierce. So I, I think that um, Matty Ice is going to be solid. Uh, I'm really excited about the game tonight and, and just seeing, uh, obviously, the defending Super Bowl champs square off against the probably the, the number one pick team to win the, the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think, for me, the biggest question mark in these four comes out of Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, again, same thing for Kevin as Blake. Nothing more exciting than having your best overall player playing on Thursday night and quarterback to put a stack. So uh, a lot to be excited for Kevin later today. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Michael Thomas is the guy ever going to play football again. Like, he's still <laughs> third for week one. Um, we need a 30 for 30 just on Michael Thomas. Deontay Johnson on the other side of the ball is now unlikely to play week one. Shout out George Pickens. Um, ooh, ooh. So there's a lot of little storylines here. Uh, I'm really, really, I've shared this with Ryan. I'm not a huge believer in Kelsey this year. I think that it was underrated and undervalued how much Tyreek complimented Kelsey to be able to kind sure. of clear up the field, let him operate in a little bit more space. I just don't think he's going to see the same volume, the same quality of looks. So I'm not as much of a Kelsey believer. And then the fact that Ryan's real projections lie in three players, four, I guess you could say. But if Derrick Henry and Eckler don't have the games that Yahoo expects them to have, it's going to be really hard for Ryan to climb back from this with sketchy, sketchy Deontay Johnson, Tyrell Moody, Tyler Boyd. Like it kind of gets thin towards the end of that. So yeah. I that Kevin has a much deeper and kind of diversified lineup with Eckler. I mean, uh, Zeke and Aaron Jones. Um, Stafford, I'm, I'm really high on this year. So, I don't know. Fields is sketchy, but I think Kevin's depth is going to make up for Ryan's need to really hit home with his big guys. For sure. I mean, uh, if, if we just take Michael Thomas off the board here and we do Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, I believe they outscore all of um, – all three wide receivers on on Ryan's side. I mean, they're just – right now, I think across all drafts, those are the top two wide receivers, Cup and Jefferson. Switch them in whatever order you want. That's one and two. Um, and then, obviously, there's a little bit of bet on the resurgence of Michael Thomas. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is an interesting one because somebody has to catch passes in Green Bay. Might as well be him. Uh, but I, I agree. There's a lot of chips in the Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler category. I think that they both can cash them, um, and especially their matchups don't scare me. I mean, Henry's playing the Giants. There's a very good chance that he just bull rushes over them. Um, and same thing with Eckler because 
The the Raiders are really are terrible when it comes to running back checkdown. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when watching them. So I, I think that um, it's easy for both of those guys to say they could have thirty point weeks. But if they don't, I think that the, this becomes um, nowhere near the four point advantage Yahoo has for hit parade. Uh, my bold prediction: Kevin by fifteen. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from Gibson, from a couple of the guys, and also Lazard sketchy on Kevin's bench. So if for some reason Michael Thomas doesn't come together, like I don't know if he goes Dotson or where he goes next. So we got to stay updated on this. But I also have Kevin by 10 and really off the back of Stafford and Cooper Cup dominating later tonight. So um, we'll see. But a, a lot to like on both teams here too. There we go. All right. Uh, the last and final matchup. I just have this like weird feeling that we're probably going to disagree on this one. It is yours truly, Brokeback Mountain versus the Mile High Herberts. You are the guest, and as the guest, I will give you the floor. Um, should have cracked another beer for this one. Uh, <laughs> there's interesting matchups this week. So obviously you have Russell Wilson week one going back to Seattle. So big storyline. Ooh, I love it. A ton is going to come down to who he wants to throw the ball to. With you starting Sutton and myself starting Judy, and when you eventually realize that Kittle is not going to play week one, you're gonna have to, <laughs> that's going to be another Bronco that you're going to have to start. So that's a big equity chunk in one game. Um, so really could come down to who your boy Russ wants to spread the ball to week one. So big matchup to watch there. The next matchup I have is the Chargers and the Raiders game. Um, I have three starters in that game, and you also have Derek Carr, your QB2, starting in that game. So not necessarily that players need to, to massively perform, but the game script in that game is going to be really important of deciding our outcome. If Carr is playing from behind and Herbert's handing the ball off and not throwing to Keenan anymore, that's going to make a huge impact versus if Herbert's able to sling it. So... That's going to be the game I watch, certainly, uh, on Sunday. Um, and then a lot of game-deciding decisions are going to be made leading up to, I would say, our Sunday and, and potentially later tonight roster. i got to decide if I'm going to start Higby or if I'm going to roll the, the dice with Zach Ertz tight end. Not sure there, to be totally honest. Yep. Um, I have to decide if playing Michael Carter, Naheem Hines, Rondell Moore, Drake London, one of those guys at my flex, I would say – History likely says that one of them probably has a 20-plus point game, and the one that I start probably has a 7-minus point game. Sure, because that's the way the fantasy gods work. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who I pick. It's going to be wrong. Um, and then Kittle now not feeling good, like I said. Uh, luckily for you, that's a morning game, so you'll get to make that decision early on. You don't got to sweat it out. But um, a little sketchy from my perspective. And then also Julio in the starting lineup. I <laughs> if you're going to flex J.K. Dobbins in there or not. But <laughs> Evenson, um, I'm also a little bearish on Christian Kirk, but talk to me about thought of Julio in the starting lineup and whether or not that's a, a bluff. Gamesmanship. <laughs> all right, well, let me address the the Russ in Seattle. Like, I'm all in on Russ, and, I mean, I, I obviously am a big Russ believer, but, like, the vengeance game, the fact that like this is him going back home. I think he's just going to tear it up. It's going to be the air show. He's going to do what he wants to do. And like Seattle's just going to be terrible this year. Um, yes, I agree with you. Like I put my chips into Sutton mainly because you wouldn't trade me Judy. 
Um, and I got Sutton at, at, uh, at a pretty good deal. I think, I think that ultimately, and I'd love your opinion on this. I think I won the trade with Tony. I lost the better player, but I won the trade. That's my opinion. I, I think that Tony would probably go on record and say that he did not expect you to agree to that because like you're alluding to in the short term, it downgrades you at the position, but across the season when you can turn that first round pick into something and package it with sudden, you can probably get more than just CD Lamb for that. Sure. And and I mean I do believe like every report, which this scares the living daylights out of you, every report out of Denver is Sutton is the guy. I mean that's I've I've listened to countless number of interviews. I've read blog posts about it. Like it is Sutton and everybody else. That also scares the living daylights out of you because um when everybody believes the same thing, it can't be true. Yeah, so that's that's hilarious that you say that, and that's what makes me have the most confidence. Is usually they're wrong. This situation is yeah. Every like this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the one. He's either going down with an injury, or hopefully not that. Yeah. Or they just got it wrong, and they're they're spreading it out. Obviously, if Tim Patrick were there, I think that would change the Corlin sudden equation, but. Given the fact that he is really their lone deep ball threat and Judy's going to run that slot receiver, he's going to get all the targets that he can handle. And he, if he's able to translate that into production, like, sure. I, I'm, and, and I would love to see it happen. Like, yeah. if, if I pick one and Sun's balling out because of it, so be it. Sure. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm buying stock in Sun as well. I hope this is a Judy week one early game, but I wouldn't be too sad to see him go off. Yeah. Uh, my thought with Christian Kirk, uh, again, he got his bag of money, um, 36% target share. Like he's up in the highest echelon as far as target shares. Yes, they suck. Yes, they're going to suck. But they play Washington week one. That doesn't scare me. Um, I, I like buying Kirk on the volume basis. Is he gonna be a dude? No, but like I, I, I like Christian Kirk for the same reason you probably like Hunter Renfro, just the fact that like these guys are gonna get looks. And so I'm I'm buying the looks. Listen, uh the Kittle news today was a shot in, in the heart a little bit because my season hasn't even started and I'm already got a questionable on my tight end that I bought early. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do about that one. That's just gonna be pay attention and see how it goes. Yeah, the Julio one, I've got a placeholder. Listen, my my belief on Julio. All right, just hear me out here. Julio Jones is old and washed up. Yes, I agree. However, however, Tom Brady has a way of taking old and washed up and making it look new. Now, Julio Jones is not Antonio Brown. I get it, and I'm not saying that he is. But... This was a belief when we didn't really know, like some of the other Bucks wide receivers. Um, there's enough doubt there. He is a placeholder. I have a lot of decisions to make. That's a 520 game. Like you said, it's Tom Brady on Sunday night football. Like I could easily be kicking myself on Monday morning because Julio Jones caught eight passes for 80 yards and two touchdowns. It's probably not going to happen. Like that's, that's like just not going to happen. But like, I know that if I start JK Dobbins or Mike Davis, it's going to happen because that's the way that fantasy works. How about this? Let me ask you a question right now. If you were to guarantee and walk in 9.5 points for Julio Jones, or you can play anybody on your bench in his spot and not know what's going to come, what would you do? 
I I I'm watching. I need to know what's happening in the Baltimore backfield. <laughs> assuming, okay, so assuming that like I get no other clarity, okay, like I, I have the same amount of clarity today as I do Sunday morning. Um, I would say I'd take the nine five. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting because to me, he's probably going to catch a touchdown for like seven yards, and he's probably going to catch one more ball. Yeah. Whatever. So like, if if you're okay with that, and his floor being that he doesn't catch that touchdown, so yeah. I, I don't think you actually start him, but I can understand the logic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a show here, play there type of thing. All right, so um, as we kind of wrap here, uh, let's go position group by position group. Uh, quarterbacks, what team has so, the edge? I, I like my quarterbacks. Um, I don't like Carson Wentz at all, but I think Herbert's the best in the group, and I think that Wentz's floor slash ceiling is high enough to make it competitive across Carr and Russell Wilson. I think that it's very, very possible. It's not like I'm saying my team's quarterbacks are significantly better, but I, I, it's the one position I like, and Herbert is kind of my guy, so it might be a homer pick, but that's what I feel. Feel you. All right. I, I've got him on a wash straight across. Um, I think you've got the highest and the lowest, and I've got two in the middle. Yep. All right. Wide receivers. Um, I really think that you have the edge receivers. I obviously I liked that you downgraded CD to <laughs> all that a C, like a downgrade, but same reason that I got Keenan Allen. The stack yeah. is here, so if they're having a game and they're having a game against me, like that's tough. So I, I'm not a big fan on Christian Kirk. I think Diggs is going to hit exactly his projection at yep. probably eight points. Um, I think that Julio's going to hit right around his projection. So it's sudden if he goes off for 27, like that's terrifying. If he, I think his floor is probably like seven or eight points. So I don't know. I'm, I would say I'm, I'm going to give the edge to you. I, I like the floor of my guys also with sure. kind of high, high target PPR guys. Yep. But I just, that your guys are a little bit further downfield routes for smart. It is. It's totally different players. I have the downfield guys. You've got the PPR guys. So it kind of depends a little bit on game script too. Yep, exactly. And then you're starting uh, potentially a fourth receiver with Julio and one guy that I'm I'm really high on this year, and I'm not just saying that because he's on my team, is Hines and Indy. Like, I have a ton of reports out of camp saying they're going to utilize it different. I think they're going to try to take targets and touches off of um, what's-his-name early on. And, JT. Yeah, our boy JCT. Um, I, I don't know. So, a lot to be seen. Um don't love the thought of starting Higby, but I think that he's going to be a, a beneficiary of a high-powered Rams offense. Sure. So I think one with him, to be honest, later tonight. All right. Uh, the moment of truth. What's your pick? You know what I got. My like Herbert's, I almost said Kings, by 20. <laughs> by 20? <laughs> no, 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 no. By 23. By 23. <laughs> very nice all oh, right uh i've got myself by seven okay all right uh, who's who's your last last thought on this yep what's your one review of what cmac is going to do week one um well i'll be praying that it's not an injury <laughs> uh, here's the thing with, with christian mccaffrey right like if christian mccaffrey is healthy he is so far 
the best player in all fantasy. That's my true belief. Like if he is healthy, um, but it's a giant if, and and that carries a lot of weight based off the past two seasons. So transparently, um, I am I'm I'm in on Christian McCaffrey. I had, a, I had a lot of offers. I had multiple first round picks offered at me for him, but I put the chips in. I'm buying him. I've got him in. Uh, I've got him in this league, and then I diversified, and I've got J- Jonathan Taylor in a different league. So in case he does go bunk, I'm not screwed in two leagues. Could have picked CMC. Um, but yeah, my week one projection is uh, is the return of CMC, thirty okay. plus. Like, you think that Baker is probably going to benefit him as well? He, he's going to look to get the ball in CMC's hands. I think so. Him. Yeah, I think Baker's a, a much better compliment than than Sam Darnold for sure. I'm agreeing. So yeah. best of luck to you. But best uh, of luck to you as well. And you suck. Um, all right. So as we wrap this up here and conclude and get ready for game day, um, just in, in about uh, 12 hours from this recording, uh, I'm going to play a little high school game with you, Mike. And I'm just going to shoot them from the hip. Love to get your thoughts here. This is an old game of who would you rather? Okay. So I'm going to give you two different players. And I just want your knee-jerk, quick reaction. Who would you rather? Are you ready? Ready. Cool. Quarterbacks. Who would you rather, Tom Brady or Dak Prescott? Tom Brady, any day, all day. There we go. Uh, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? Neither. Uh, <laughs> pick one. percent I'm making you pick one. This is a game where you got to pick one or the other. Derek Carr. All right, DC, showing the love. All right, uh, Justin, which which second year quarterback would be better, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, um, Trevor Lawrence, but he, I hope he takes a giant leap. I, I really expect more from him this year. I too. I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Um, which quarterback on a new team is better, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield? Um, Baker, because he has a better system around him. Agreed. Running backs, Swift or Kamara? Easy. Not Swift. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. But a lot of people see Swift as, as really high. I'm, I'm not as high on them, but a lot of people have him up there. Um, Javante Williams or Aaron Jones? That's a good one. Um, I'm going to say Aaron Jones in a better system and a better situation. Yep. Um, here is one for picking out of the garbage can. J.K. Dobbins or Antonio Gibson? Mm, I'm going to say Antonio Gibson because, I don't know, the, the Baltimore backfield is just a little crowded for my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Antonio Gibson has done well at eliminating his competition in the backfield. So, um <laughs> All right, uh, which rookie running back is better, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce? Um, truth is, I don't know much about either of them, but I haven't Same. seen like <laughs> on really either of them. But I, I gotta think that there's more investment built around Brees Hall in the New York situation than there is uh, Damian Pierce. So Brees Hall, Brees Hall. There you go. Um, a Seahawks running back. Or a Patriots running back? No. <laughs> All right, wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pitt. 
Stevenson is sick. I like Stevenson's shirt. Yeah, they've been talking about him getting a lot of um, third down work, which I think is um, a nice added to what he was last year. It just depends, like, if they keep going to Damian Harris in the goal line, it's going to snake a lot of that. That's the biggest, I would say, question mark for him for sure. Uh, wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. or Keenan Allen? Um, if Robert messaged me right now and said straight up Pittman for Keenan, I think I would say yes, so I would have to say Pittman. All right. Uh, Tyreek or Debo? Debo. Brandon Cooks or Allen Robinson? Hey, Rob. Easy. Yeah, same. Uh, Gabe Davis or Juju Smith-Schuster? Gabe D. Gabe D. Nice. Love it. Mike, thanks for uh for being on the on the show. Uh really appreciate the insights. It was it was a lot of fun. Hope you had a good time, man. Yeah, it should be fun. Looking forward to the game later tonight. I appreciate you having me on the pod. So uh good luck to all the teams except those of you who you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, uh good luck to everybody. Thank you guys. It's football night. Uh well it's football morning, but uh it's football night tonight. Enjoy the kickoff to the season. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Oh,